the human spirit and our yearning to, when empowered with very capable technologies, want to use them to deepen our knowledge, want to use them mm. to more fully understand the world around us, to hopefully build bridges of empathy with others. Mm. A good example of this is when you're uh, traveling the world, not only can it live translate the language that you hear, not only could it deliver helpful tidbits, facts, help you navigate that new city, but it might also narrate alternate histories of the neighborhood where you are. And so you don't need to just understand something at face value, but you can understand the history of a place on a much deeper level. And, and that can build bridges of connection to the people who live there. I'm definitely an optimist. I think these technologies can help mm. bring us closer together one world. Welcome to Super Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm your host, Shahid Durrani. Today we have with us Bobak Tavengar. Bobak is the CEO and founder of Brilliant Labs, a pioneering developer of generative AI embedded AR glasses. Welcome to our show. Thanks so much for having me. Incredible concept. When I saw it, it just got me going for that day and the next day and trying to figure out what could be done with this because it's open source and there's a lot of AR glasses out there, but you can't really do anything with it. It's just based on the platform itself. It's not open source. So that was very clever of you, how you made it open source. I believe you're the only company out there that is open source with this concept, correct? There's a number of companies that are doing some of the software open source. They're doing a little bit of maybe the hardware and some parts of it. We're the only company that is end-to-end -end from firmware to hardware to software, even some of the AI models in the cloud. All of it is open sourced end-to-end. -end. And so what we're going for is we want to make a platform that is priced right, where the form factor of the device is really novel and wearable. But at the same time, it's totally accessible to people who want to hack and build unforeseen applications on top. I can envision a company taking this on and creating some kind of an, an app, for example, for their team. I, I researched and I looked up on this concept and found that service-based industries like technical support of some sort, plumbing, I'm not, I'm not sure if plumbing is one of them, but something to do with service-based people that are out there doing things on the road, they could implement this to make their job easier. But how would someone that has a startup idea, for example, can use this to create a, a concept from your device and launch it, knowing that tomorrow someone else could have the same thing because you don't change the design for anybody. The, the monocle, hopefully I pronounce it correctly, monocle? Monocle. Is yeah. that correct? Close enough. Yeah. yeah, close. So that design is the same for everyone. It can't be changed. How would, you, how would someone go about that part? There's a couple ways to approach that. You're right in that in order to mass produce this, we, for better or worse, we need to invest upfront 
to be able to make a design that can be mass produced, which means you have a design more or less fixed for everyone. Now, because we've opened up a lot of the schematics of the hardware, we have a lot of people in our community who are 3D printing or machining additions to Monocle that can augment the way it is even worn and used. So someone hacked the charging case, pulled out the electronics and battery, attached that to a pair of glasses that they designed and affixed Monocle to the front. So they lengthened the battery life by five times and they made it more of a glasses type form factor. So there's all kinds of stuff like that happening. And it's by virtue of the fact that number one, we're totally open source. And number two, we have a Discord community where people can come ask questions and we actually help them hack the device, and which is also unheard of. <laughs> we're stalling people, hack so this awesome. device, we will help you. This is amazing. You're cool with people ripping it apart and creating their own concept out of it. Absolutely. On principle, one of the things that we think this industry needs more of, consumer electronics, computing, we need more people sinking their teeth into this stuff. And that's mm. up and down the stack of technology, whether that's the hardware mm. or whether that's the AI. This stuff is really important for the future of mankind, for the future of our species. And we need yeah. more people opening the hood and tinkering with it and sharing with others what they've built. Because then it's computing for the rest of us. It's computing that collectively mm. we've come yes. together to figure out, not a group of people behind closed doors who have bestowed it upon others. Yeah. So we yeah. think that there's a sense of justice in that. Great. Bless your heart, because we need more creators and more innovators that think this way, because you're opening up the human potential as well, the imagination. You came up with something great, right? Now you're allowing other people saying, hey, you know what? Let's see what you can do. And that's incredible. I, I appreciate that. And I, it's honorable. So this concept of incorporating AI and AR into wearable eyewear is just, in my books, it's extremely exciting. But can you share some examples on how the technology might revolutionize everyday experiences for users? Any concepts that you can share? Any ideas that you see coming from this? Absolutely. So we, very different from many of our peers in the holographic wearable space, we have always seen AI as the key enabling use case, the key enabling technology, I should say, for AR, and not some of the overly, what we think of as gimmicky, frankly, graphical stuff that we think a VR device is much better place to deliver. To date, we've seen, at this point, it's over a decade of AR companies that are trying to deliver game console type experiences in front of your eye. That drives the device bulk, the cost, um, and it just makes you look a little ridiculous in a way that not many people are willing to go outside and in the real world wearing a helmet, uh, waving their hands around like this. And so we looked at it very differently. We said, look, AI is a co-brain. It's something that can see the world. It can hear the world you hear, and it can redesign what at the invocation of a sentence or two. It can tell you about what you hear. It, it, can, it can help to amplify your latent biological powers in a way that we've never experienced before. Just like multi-touch was the enabling technology for a new kind of interface for the smartphone, we believe that generative AI is exactly that for AR. 
And so we're like laser focused on bringing that in front of the human eye. Do you see concepts like Pokemon Go coming into existence uh, with your device? We, yeah, we actually, we see an experience like this, a device like this, complementing really well real world interactive AR type games, because it means that you don't need to have your head in your phone as you're navigating the physical world to still have that game experience. So yeah, mm -hmm. we, we see this as something that you won't be shy about carrying around in your pocket and at the same time, maximally in touch with the game experience. Mm -hmm. Is there a plan to incorporate cell phone SIM to be inputted into this device as well? So now it becomes a device, a calling device as well? Yeah, I think without giving away too much of some of our yeah. future plans here, <laughs> um, you can definitely see it going that direction, right? Yeah. And there's a couple of reasons for that. Chief of which is uh, we are eager to directly interface our devices with a cloud-based large language model without needing to relay through your phone because we can reduce latency and we can really optimize the end-to-end -end experience there between the device in front of your eyes and the cloud model. Going through the phone, we're, we're suddenly needing to play by the rules of other platforms, iOS and Android, ones which most of us have. And yeah, we're eager to, to establish a more direct connection with the cloud. We're a podcast. We're always digging for that juicy information. Could you walk us through a, a potential use case with your device and ChatGPT and how someone could utilize ChatGPT with this device? Absolutely. One that often comes to mind is education. Wearing this device a student or someone who's in the process of learning. And it doesn't need to be in the classroom. It could be in the field or on the shop floor. But someone who is in the process of learning novel content, this device can be trained, or GPT, I should say, can be trained on standard operating procedures, on a corpus of knowledge about biology or about a field technician's manual, whatever it might be. Um, and they can freely have an exchange with the device and with GPT, querying that knowledge and taking them step-by-step step through the process of either solving the problem or learning something new. So it's, it's like a co-mind right there. And yeah. GPT-4 is multimodal now, so it can see what you see as well. And so your queries not only are, are about our text base and not only about what GPT knows, but it's also about what GPT sees and how it can cross-reference that against what it knows. So devices like this are only going to get more and more powerful as GPT wow. kind of can see what you hear what you hear. Yeah, it's because it has a, a mic, built-in mic as well. How strong is this mic, by the way? If you're, for example, is there footage that it, it, it maxes out on? The mic and the camera are, they're both smartphones circa 2015. So you're going to get pretty decent sound quality. You're going to get a uh, decent image quality, but it's not going to be what, what you'd expect of a phone in 2023. Uh, and we, we made that selection because it meant that we could bring the cost of the device down, but still get a minimum viable quality of media to run AI inferencing to complement what you hear. 
So if you're engaging with someone and having a conversation and they ask you a question, if you program it in a way, because ChatGPT is also open source, but if you program it in a way that it hears that question and gives you the answer on a display of a few options, you can literally just have a communication with someone or through a through a issue or trying to solve something for someone like you mentioned you have another mind with you at all times exactly and that person could even be speaking a different language because yeah, we interface that. yeah we interface with the whisper model it's another ai model again totally open source and that does uh, translation of what you hear into english subtitles right in front of your eyes any like almost almost any language i think almost, that they're expanding almost. rapidly the number of languages supported but many languages and one more ai call out here is image generation so using stability.ai which is another image generation ai service similar to midjourney or dali hmm. you can use a, a natural language um, invocation to monocle and based on the image that monocle sees through the camera Paired with that natural language invocation, it'll send it over to stability and create a whole new image uh, in front of your eyes that you can then not just view, but you can also share with others. I could be looking at my friend and tell stability to turn my friend into Superman and holding a bouquet of roses. And it'll create that image and I can share that with my friends uh, to have a good time. Um, but in practical sense, if you're a designer, this mug here, Let's say I want to look at this mug, but I want to turn it orange and I want to um, chamfer the edge instead of have a radius. I can make that query to stability and they can deliver that back in front of my eyes. I can share that with my team for productivity use case. So it's literally hmm. using AI to reconjure the world that you see uh, right in front of your eyes. Hmm. That's incredible. Look where the world is going. It's a uh, brave so new world. Fast. I know yeah, it's an amazing new world. How lazy are we going to get? <laughs> but, but, but for entrepreneurs, I believe that the, this type of technology is just going to amplify the potential of doing better business, earning more, growing faster, or making their life easier. So there's a lot of pros in my books. Obviously, there's people that fear it as well. But you know what? Before... When ChatGPT came out originally in, in AI, I knew AI existed before machine learning and all that, but it just hits you in the face when ChatGPT came out because there's so many potentials. And I was thinking it would be an amazing concept to, to have a device, and, and I called it My Intellect Buddy, M-I-B, <laughs> to have it where you it will just be with you and it'll provide information, it'll guide you, it'll tell you where to go, where not to go, and all that kind of stuff. And then when I saw your startup, it's just, wow, this is perfect match because it has a camera, it has the mic, it has everything that you need to in incorporate ChatGPT into this um, device. And you have no worries. Like basically going traveling to going to different countries, it can guide you. Anywhere you want to go, I can just yep. tell you, have, you can have conversations with people, even going to museums, it'll explain things. Your concept that you mentioned about the mug, interior decorators, they could have a blast with this device. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, 
and I'm a techno optimist, so I mm. tend to I'm definitely sober to many of the risks that that intelligent technologies like this pose, especially when mm -hmm. so yeah. well integrated into our lives. At the same time, yeah. I am an optimist when it comes to yeah. the human spirit and our yearning mm -hmm. to, when empowered with very capable technologies, want to use them to deepen our knowledge, want to use mm -hmm. them to more fully understand the world around us, to hopefully build bridges of empathy with others. Mm -hmm. A good example of this is when you're uh, traveling the world, not only can it live translate the language that you hear, not only could it deliver helpful tidbits, facts, help you navigate that new city, but it might also narrate alternate histories of the neighborhood where you are. And so you don't need to just understand something at face value, but you can understand the history of a place on a much deeper level. And, and that can build bridges of connection to the people who live there. I'm definitely an optimist. I think these technologies can help mm. bring us closer together one world. Yeah, that's a very good point. And also the gifts that human beings have, for example, our intuition, our imagination, where a lot of creation happens, but because at a young age we start school, the whole system is designed to get us really busy in our mind. It gets us really top heavy. Yeah. And what happens is that creative, that sense, that power that we have within, that we're losing that with all the, the competitiveness and the get, get, go force. Now with this technology, I feel like it's going taking a step back where you say, okay, relax a little bit. We see people create so, so much more results by just relaxing, just calming things down. They start transforming their life and their results. So what I see in this kind of technology is that if we start incorporating that calmness back into human beings, what our world will look like, what kind of things that we will create from that calmness, if that makes sense. Absolutely. It definitely makes sense. Having that view on the horizon before you dig into yeah. the jungle, yeah. I, I think that'll make all of us more effective no matter what we do. Hmm. What fears do you have from all this? Because there are people that speak of fear because that's... Just there's some people are always looking for what's wrong, or some are always looking for what's right. Is there's balance is always good. So for the people that are looking at this as a fear base, always going to take over our world and, and our lives, it's not safe. How should they change their perception on fear? Hmm. It's an interesting question, and I think about this a lot. I mm -hmm. like I said, I. I'm optimistic when it comes to the technology side of things and how mm -hmm. these technologies will be improved with stronger parameters, guardrails, mm -hmm. a bent toward positive effect on our lives. My mm -hmm. fear, excuse me, my fear is actually more in terms of our underinvestment in human discernment. So it's actually more of an education question, not necessarily formal taught education, but how well are we equipping ourselves on an individual and collective level to discern truth from falsehood when it comes to facts or images presented by AI? Already we're seeing mm. a lot of this play out on social media, yes. especially the last year or so. 
And I think that we're going to see that increase exponentially over the next few years. Good point. Uh, my, my biggest fear is that on an individual and collectible as a species, we're not upgrading ourselves to more readily discern truth from falsehood because AI and technology is readily being upgraded and will continue to be so we need to invest in our human capacity to keep pace. That's what's on my mind. Yeah, good point. And, or we need another startup that can look out for those, that information that's false. Definitely, pull it that's out. actually, I mean, it's an interesting point. It's a use case that we've thought of a lot. And I think yeah. we're still thinking about how the best way to approach this. But in the cybersecurity world, for example, it is now AI and other cyber tools that are fighting largely AI-driven inbound attack in the cyber world. And so you've got a battlefield of AI versus AI. I wonder whether that will play out in our personal lives as well. You're wearing a device with AI equipped, and you might be presented with um, information from your phone, information on a billboard, uh, information that's being told to you by someone talking to you, a claim that they've heard somewhere. And what if this AI could filter out and alert you that, hey, this is either a false claim or it is aimed to deceive or it is just an AI-generated mm -hmm. fake. But you're looking at a political yeah. ad on some social networking site yeah. and so your AI in your glasses can highlight that and say, this is an AI-generated deepfake. I'm an AI and I yeah. recognize an AI deepfake when I see one. So be, be aware, be alert. Yeah. I, I, I mm. wonder if it's going to come to that. You tell us. Are you gonna are you gonna incorporate <laughs> something like that? Because <laughs> if you do, that would be incredible. It would be incredible. Yeah, it, it might be indispensable. And it's definitely on our minds. Yeah, I think good. We've, we've got good. to think about how to approach that the right way, but that is definitely top of awesome. mind. Awesome. That's awesome. Can you share what you feel your innermost superpower is that got you to this point in life? Oh boy, that is a phenomenal question. Um, Thanks. Yeah. I, I, I'd like to say, and I hope this doesn't sound presumptuous, I've, there's this quality of seeing around corners. And I think that since, since I was young, I've always had that superpower. I think I've always had the ability to see around the bend in a way that many perhaps take a little longer to see. Maybe it's Good. more apparent or obvious, or sometimes some people, it hits them in the face. But I think I've always been able to employ a sort of independence of thought and, and, and sometimes a frustratingly contrarian process of inquiry and investigation. But it's always led me to see around corners, understand Good. what's coming around the bend. And it served me well as an entrepreneur. Yeah, that's great. So we can expect a lot more innovations coming out from your side. Uh, this is just the starting. Yeah, that's great. I appreciate your time today, my friend. It was great talking to you. Um, Thank you so much. You know, wishing you all the best. Uh, I love this time. This is one of the reasons why I enjoy, uh, you know, doing the show is to experience, just to be in the presence of this creativity that's coming out. And from my heart, I wish you all the best. I want this to be definitely in a way, in a realm to helping people, changing their lives, making their lives easier. And obviously there's going to be so many startups that are going to come out from this concept that you created. So thank you for that. Thank you so much, Shahid. Yeah, this was a pleasure. And the next product that we launch, whenever that is, I hope I get to come back here and we get to talk about Please. that as well.
No problem. That would be great. Looking forward to it. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you.